1: Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.
2: The lights are out. The hurry the lights go out. The game is over. And we're here to pick up the pieces. This is Warriors
3: Wrap-Up on
2: 95.7 The Game.
3: Curry backs up, takes the three, got fouled, and he's going to go on the line and a chance for a four-point play. What a shot by Curry, fading to his left, and then got fouled by Maledon, and now heads to the free-throw line. That was one of the highlights we got in tonight's game, and, and really a decent number of them in the second half. I'm Matt Kolsky. It's Warriors wrap-up, and, and we're going to throw open those phone lines in just a second, so... Give us a ring if you want to talk about it. 888 is the phone number, calls, and texts at that number work. And, you know, this was a bit of a weird one. I'm not going to lie to you. It, it was, I think, the, the least impressive effort, and that's the nicest way to say it, uh, of the season in the first half. That that was probably the worst half of the season. At the same time, you know that that's going to happen on the road. An easily overlookable team. Everything's rolling. You feel like you can just roll out the balls and chug your way to a victory. And quite frankly, like that's it didn't take much more than some some focus and and playing decent defense to, to get this back into the win column with a, with a solid second half. So they weren't even that wrong. But, you know, that's the kind of effort that will probably lead to a loss against a better team. So I think this is this is the sort of game that coaches like to have <laughs> because there's plenty of teaching points and, and you still walk away with a win. I mean, at the end of the day, The Warriors are four and zero, and that makes them, you know, on top of the league by any early season (laughs) counting metric. How much does that mean? I don't know, but they're effectively the best team in basketball to this point. You know, the Chicago Bulls are the only the only other undefeated team with more than two games uh, played so far. Utah could become three and zero tonight, but. Warriors and Bulls, 4-0. I don't know if the fact that the Bulls are, are the other 4-0 team is encouraging or discouraging, but the Warriors, you know, other than tonight, uh, reasonably tough first three games, I suppose, first two anyway, and they've looked really good until the first half tonight. And I think it was, you know, so far this season, I feel like the Warriors problems, such that they exist, are easily identifiable. Like the when they struggle for a period of time, it's usually pretty clear to to point out the issues. I mean tonight in that first half a lot of it was just lazy defense. And then there were some missed shots, some of which were perfectly open shots. And, again, like, you know, that's going to happen, and you'll live with it. Most of the guys on this team will hit those open shots more often than not. But that can happen. There was a point at which Steve Kerr actually had to put Juan Toscano, Anderson, and Chris Chiosi into the game much earlier than you'd ordinarily think he would, I think because he wanted to get a little boost, a little energy. And they did that a bit. You know, they cut a 15-point lead in half. And then the starters came back in with a, a still sort of a laissez-faire attitude. And they were down 11 at halftime. You know, it just, it was kind of the opposite of Warriors basketball <laughs> to the point uh, so far this season. And I think, you know, as much as that struggle is uncharacteristic, It's nice to see the capability of the team to really turn that around in the second half. And and I think there's a couple guys I would credit the most for turning the vibe around. First of all, Andrew Wiggins was great tonight. And I, you know, I did not misspeak. He was great tonight on both ends of the floor. Had a few steals, a block, but also just... Really, really solid defense all night long, every assignment he was given. He ended up 9-17 of 17 from the field for 21 points, second-leading scorer tonight. 3-5 of five on free throws. A few guys on this team need to just <laughs> drill their free throws. Uh, we got to get that up. But otherwise, just a dynamite game for Wiggins. And, you know, one of the things he did really well was even though he got a lot of his stuff tonight, even though a lot of the damage he did was attacking the rim himself. He had a couple, two or three really nice drive and kick plays where he ended up with assists as well. It, it was just top to bottom as good a game as you can have from Andrew Wiggins. He, he was not doing as much of the sort of ball stopping stuff that can be frustrating. I think for the team, I, I, You know, that's the kind of game you want to have from Andrew Wiggins. And on a night where the defensive effort and focus was not on point overall. Look, you know, one of the things that can be frustrating about Andrew Wiggins is we know he has this level where he can sort of crank it up. And just really deeply and positively affect the game on both ends of the floor. And it doesn't it seems like you know, when that supercharged Wiggins, the aggressive Wiggins shows up, doesn't necessarily correspond to the Warriors' needs, Uh, which, you know, I think has been a frustration with him throughout his career. But this was a big night for him. Because the Warriors needed that effort and energy, they needed to see that jolt, and, and that's one of the things I want to ask listeners, ask people who watch the game tonight. Triple eight nine five seven ninety five seventy is the phone number, also for texts. I, I I wonder what what did you feel like was the biggest key to turning this thing around tonight? Because there are some other ones in there too. There are some other things I want to mention, but but. Give me a call. Give me a text. Triple eight nine five seven ninety five seventy. What what in your mind was the biggest key to turning things around? Another thing that I think was noticeable was Draymond Green. And uh, you know, the one of the first three games, I, I want to say it was Game Two against the Clippers. He talked about you know being—I don't know if he said disappointed, but but taking accountability for not bringing the level of intensity that you know he feels he's responsible for Draymond Green has said consistently over time that he feels responsible for bringing a certain level of effort and energy and intensity to the warriors that's part of his job as he sees it and I Didn't think we saw that in the first half. But in the second half, you you could really, particularly in the fourth quarter, there's just that that absolute whirling dervish attacker on the defensive end in Draymond Green. And he was aggressive offensively tonight as well in, in ways that I think really helped this team. But that defensive effort changes the sort of tone on the court for this team defensively you know it's the, it's it's the same as what people say about you know Steph passing and setting screens and being part of a ball movement offense it's hard for anyone else to say well you know I'm I'm me I don't have to do ball movement cuz Steph's doing it and you're no Steph and i think the same thing applies defensively with Draymond like when he is shuffling his feet and getting up Tight on guys and really working defensively, you know, stabbing at the ball and and hustling back to his man like that. There, it brings a level of responsibility for everybody else. It's like, well, that guy was the defensive player of the year and and almost won it again last year, and he's not pulling any punches. How can I sit here and think I don't have to move my ass on defense? So I, I, you know. As much as this game was sort of a weird struggle, I think there are good things to take away from it in the way the Warriors responded to their worst half of the season and i 'm just wondering what you people, you wonderful members of the Kolski and Company what do, what do you think are the most positive things? What were the keys to that second half turnaround triple eight nine five seven ninety five seventy is our phone number. Text number, same thing, triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. 957 Text from the 203 saying the general second-half defense and then Porter's back-to-back threes toward the end of the third. No looking back after that. Yeah, that was another thing. Otto Porter, you know, if you look at the box score, there's nothing to get excited about, right? And, and I, I think, you know, as Otto Porter gets more time, he will have more in- exciting box scores. But, you know, six points, four rebounds, and an assist, plus a block in 17 minutes, it's a perfectly decent game, but nothing to write home about. But to watch it, those six points were on those two threes that the texter is mentioning, and they really they went from down one to I I think there was another bucket in between those three. So I I believe it was down 1 to up 7 pretty quickly and and that was sort of the point at which the the game switched. That was it. That was the point at which like all the momentum turned around. 415 Texter says it's a great win considering Oklahoma was a trap game waiting to happen. Yeah, I mean, look. The the halftime score it was a it it was a trap for a half. I mean, the Warriors fell halfway into the trap. <laughs> you know, six five zero. Texter says Green gets my vote for being tonight's game changer in the second half for sure. Stat line says it. Yeah, I mean, I uh, Draymond I, I think only had two points in the second half, but uh, four four or five assists, five or six rebounds. He just was sort of everywhere. Now, look, there's still issues. I mean, the the turnover problem reared its head again tonight. And, again, and honestly, this is where I consider it the biggest but also most correctable issue is it's Stefan Draymond. (laughs) Like, uh, who who uh, Wiggins had two turnovers tonight, but, but when you're handling the ball as much as he did, I, I can live with two turnovers from Andrew Wiggins. Jordan Pool, 29 minutes, one turnover. That's ball security, even though, you know, not his best game. He had one turnover from Bielitsa, who didn't play much. He had one turnover from D. Lee, who had a really good game. Gary Payton somehow turned it over twice in five minutes, but uh, you know the problem is eight turnovers combined between Steph and Draymond. That's that's what you really cannot afford. Though those are the because they're better than that, and a number of them are very careless. Steph almost had a fifth, I, I believe. Uh, either Giddy or Pokashevsky got a hand on the pass so it ended up not being a turnover but it was a, late in the game when they should have just been salting it away it was a crazy one-handed sling pass that it's just there's no reason for it and the best players on the team need to be able to clean that up By the way, now's an important time to tell you. You are listening to 95.7 The Game, KGMZ-FM and HD1 San Francisco, an Odyssey station brought to you by DuckDuckGo Privacy Simplified. What were the biggest keys to you in the Warriors turning this thing around at halftime and, and, you know, performing up to their level, frankly? I mean, they played down to the competition for a half, and then they turned it around and played warrior basketball. Triple eight nine five seven ninety five seventy is the phone number and also the text line. 415 texter says defensive intensity and timely makes. Timely makes. I see what happened here. Key to win. Yeah, those auto porter buckets. Damian Lee had a couple big baskets and again... Just proven that he's a he's a guy that Steve Kerr can trust. Two four zero texter says D from DC. Key to the win tonight was Wiggins operating strictly in the paint. It's a wrinkle that Kerr must continue to utilize moving forward. Yeah, I, I mean he he did do a lot of his damage in the paint tonight. And look, he you know, he had four assists. And that was all done on drive and kick. So, you know, effectively from the paint as well. He was 0 for five from three. And you know, I think more often than not, you can handle five threes and, and a lot of times he'll hit a couple of them. But twelve of his seventeen shots came not from three. And I would guess, I don't have it in front of me, but I would guess 10 of those 12 were in the paint. He was driving all night, and he clearly had an attitude of, like, he was playing no one here can guard me basketball. That's what he looked like. And honestly, I think he can pull that off in a lot of situations, more often than he does, but for whatever reason, tonight was one of those nights where he just looked at the Thunder, and he was like, okay, well, Lou Dort is on Steph. Shea, Giddy, Baisley, Pokashevsky, you guys can't guard me. And he just took it into their face. It was a really impressive game for Andrew Wiggins. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. Another texter mentioning Damian Lee, 408 texter. Yeah. He continues to prove he, he belongs in an NBA rotation. And not only that but he's a guy you can trust to make solid plays and also hit big shots when asked down the stretch of games. Again tonight, two threes, I believe both in the fourth quarter, that had a significant effect on this game that kept the Warriors from really letting the Thunder back into it down the stretch. The Thunder, the Thunder threatened to a degree. You know, they did some things in the fourth quarter that could have gotten them back into the game if the Warriors had not responded. And D. Lee did a couple of those responses. Otto Porter had a couple. I believe those were in the third quarter because that was when the lead actually switched. But once again, Bob Fitzgerald mentioned this at the end of the broadcast, and, you know, second straight win for the Warriors where Steph did not score in the fourth quarter. And that that was, that's not a diss to Steph. It's because the defense was entirely tilted towards Steph Curry. I mean, this is, in a lot of ways, if you want to talk about what was that game, like what, what did that game come down to? What it came down to in the end was the Thunder threw the kitchen sink at Steph Curry in the fourth quarter, and other guys made plays. The Warriors threw the kitchen sink at Shea Gilgis-Alexander in the fourth quarter, and no one else on the Thunder was able to step up. And at the end of the day, that's kind of what this game came down to, if you ask me. Once again, triple eight nine five seven ninety five seventy 957 9570 is our phone number, and also, that's how you text us. Antonio in Oakland, our first caller of the night. What's up, Antonio?
4: I love wins. I was getting so worried we were going to lose to an zero three team. I was like, man, that's going to look so embarrassing. But we, you know, what I'm saying we got it. We got it together, man. Steph, you know, what I'm saying he draws three guys and that opens it up for guys underneath the basket at the three point line. Damian Lee, you know, Draymond Green's cont- continuing to be aggressive and you know Wiggins. He needs to be more aggressive, but he did have a pretty good night, efficient nine night both ends of the court. Did some things that don't show up on the stat sheet. And, uh, yeah, just all around team man, for moving the ball. I love how we move the ball. We don't need, we don't have time for any ball dominant guys like those like the other teams, you know? We move the ball around here, man. We win games 4-0, baby. Nobody's 4-0 in the West, so feeling great right now. We're back. We're elite.
3: Yeah. I think you should feel great. You should feel like this is an elite team. And particularly, as Antonio says, when they move the ball, They really look like an elite team. It's not all the time. I mean, the first half tonight was a perfect example of not quite enough ball movement, not quite enough energy. You know, there were some moments for Draymond, uh, even in the first half, where on offense he was attacking, and I I like to see that. But for the most part, the whole half stunk. You know, Juan and Chioza came in and gave him a few good minutes but uh, the ball started moving and then, you know, Steph came in balls moving. He hits a three and then, you know, just too many plays where the, the energy and effort wasn't there. It, they lost that momentum that they gained from having JTA and and Chris Chioz come in early. So you can really see, I mean, it's, it's all the principles that Steve Kerr has always talked about. And when the Warriors are really engaged and focused on those principles on both ends of the floor, they're, they're, they look like a formidable team. And when they're not, they look like a team that could get beat up by the Oklahoma City Thunder. I mean, it, that's, that's what it looks like right now. Triple eight nine five seven ninety five seventy. What were the things that you thought keyed that turnaround between the halves tonight? Let me know. You can call or text that number triple eight nine five seven ninety five seventy. Pete in San Ramon, what do you got?
5: Hey Matt, good evening. Uh, I'm still researching my supper versus dinner work, so I'll get back to you on that. But. Um, okay. As far as the second half, it was obviously Lee and Wiggins. And I like what uh, Lee said after the game on TV. This past summer was the first time since 2013 he was not recuperating from something and was able to actually work on his game. And I got a theory about the first half. This reminds me of three, four years ago when the Warriors were regularly coming back from Twelve, fifteen, eighteen, twenty-point deficits to win, and it's like a rope-a-dope theory. They're letting, they're finding out how the other team's playing and letting them get away with stuff, and then the second half they just clamp down on them. And another Warriors victory. Great night.
3: Yeah, uh, here's the problem with that, Pete. When they were doing that a few years ago. They were the most talented team in basketball, and they had the, the greatest combination of stars in basketball. And they could afford to rope-a-dope a little more often. That's not this team. I mean, they were able to pull it off tonight because the Thunder truly stink. I mean, let, let me just... <laughs> the, the Thunder are, you know, a G League team with one good player. And that's why I, I, you know, a texter saying, what were the things that turned this game around was was the question I'm asking people. And call or text us at 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. One texter from the 415 says double teaming SGA was the thing. And I don't don't think that's wrong. That was a major contributing factor. And like I said, in, in the fourth, when Steph was double and triple teamed and other guys had to make plays, they did. When SGA was double-teamed by the Warriors, which which is something they went to pretty aggressively late in this game, just nobody else could make those plays. And that's a reflection of the roster more than anything. I mean, the, yes, they're all very young, and there are some interesting pieces, but that team stinks. So, you know, you, you can afford a bummer of a first half, and the Warriors are good enough to snap it back together. I mean you know just the the like point differential half to half is ridiculous you're you're outscored by 11 in the first half and you know you outscore them by what 8 19 19 in the second half That that shouldn't really happen but that's the talent gap uh, coming into play ultimately that's the talent gap and I don't think, you know, that was something I actually wanted to get into. The Warriors got to be careful. And, again, Steph and Draymond in particular. You know, if if Draymond is is responsible for the defensive energy and Steph is responsible for the offensive energy, well, Draymond was not on point defensively in the first half. And Steph, you know, those lazy turnovers set a tone. And it's not a great tone. So I I, I think... Those guys, more than anyone, are responsible for an ugly first half. And maybe it is in part, like Pete and San Ramon was saying, maybe part of that is, in fact, because, hey, you know, we used to do that and it was fine. But I think you would find that they did not used to do that in the first two, the you know, the championship season and the 73-win season. There was no let-up. There was no overlooking teams. And, you know, look, they'll see this team again this weekend. Hopefully there's no let-up that night. The Grizzlies, I would imagine, uh, they will be ready for. John ja Morant, I think, is leading the league in scoring as of right now. And obviously the Grizzlies were the ones who knocked them out of the little play-in tournament last year. 925 Texter says the turnaround was the Thunder just stopped making shots. Law of big numbers. They were returned to the mean. Uh, to some extent, that definitely happened tonight. I mean, it's a bad team. It's a bad shooting team, and, and they weren't going to shoot hot all night. But I, I, I do think that's an oversimplification. The Warriors participated in the Thunder well, in both things. The Warriors participated in the Thunder getting off to a hot start. And the Warriors participated in the Thunder cooling off considerably in the second half. Defense was a part of the Thunder's shooting percentages over the course of the night. 415 Texter says, hard to comment on trash play, to use Curry's words, versus the Thunder and upcoming Pelicans and Rockets. Well, that's the thing. Even the Pelicans and Rockets, I don't know that you can afford this kind of performance against. Again, like the Thunder are probably the worst team in in the Western Conference. You know, the, the Rockets and Pelicans are not good, especially the Pelicans without Zion Williamson. But the Pelicans still have a few guys that are truly solid players, you know, led by Brandon Ingram. Jonas Valanciunas is, is, is going to be a problem for this team. Just from a pure size perspective, you know, you look at Houston and boy, Jalen Green is off to a ridiculous start. Christian Wood is a good player. Like that, those teams have a couple of guys. I'm not sure you can afford this kind of half against anyone else in the West. If the Warriors had rolled out that kind of half on Sunday night against the Kings, they definitely would have lost. 408 texter says, I wasn't a fan of Kerr's rotation tonight. Why not get more minutes for GP2 and Moody? Don't need to see Chioza out there and Bielitsa a non-factor since the Lakers game. I would not say that. I would say he's been a factor other than tonight. He was a non-factor and I didn't play. You know, five, eight minutes, something like that. I don't have it in front of me. Here it is. Eight minutes for Bielitsa. Hit his only shot. Had that offensive foul. But, you know, not too much to criticize. I, I honestly think the move to bring in Chioza was just a, a to try to get a jolt of energy. I do believe Steve Kerr talked about that decision in his post-game press conference, which uh, we will have for you momentarily. But, yeah, I mean, I think... That's the, that, was, that was a, I don't want to say desperation, but that was a coach saying, God, this my team does not have energy tonight. Maybe I can go to the two-way player and give him a jolt. And I think he legitimately did. Like He didn't score. He had one assist, one steal, one foul. I mean, not an impressive line. But I do think he and Juan, who came in at the same time there, I think they brought some energy. Unfortunately, you know, they when they were taken out, uh, <laughs> that energy did not sustain. Because that was what uh, I want to say either late first or, or early second quarter. So I don't know. I mean, I understand the criticism, but I think he wanted someone who, to handle the ball and inject some energy. Maybe Gary Payton. I guess Gary Payton may already have been in the game at that point. Maybe Gary Payton would have been a better answer than Chioza. Hard to say. But I do think that was a coach just searching. 415 texter, Porter came clutch. He did. He did. And I, I, I'll continue to say this until it happens. You know, Steve Kerr, naturally. He, he goes on with Damon and Ratto, but uh, he listens to the postgame. I'm quite certain. And I, I would just say to Steve, uh, ooh, we got to find more auto-porter minutes. Just got to. And I don't know if that, I don't know how that works out. Because, look, Damian Lee, Igadala, Toscano-Anderson, I'm not mad at any of their minutes tonight. They, they were all effective. I mean, Lee and Anderson, 16 and plus 13 respectively, those guys were huge. Like, I, I want Jordan Poole at 29 minutes. I want Steph Curry at 32. I saw a tweet tonight. I believe it was from Tommy Gunn. That maybe the Warriors ought to consider starting Otto Porter at center. And, you know, on its face. And I guess you could say starting him at the four and Draymond at center. Whatever. On its face, that's that that's, that seems... Somehow more frightening than, you know, from a interior size perspective than starting Looney. But I got to say, like, they list Porter at 6'8". I think Looney's listed at 6'9". I'm not sure there's much of a difference in height between the two. And Porter's strong. Like, you know, they, he has lost weight from what, the Bulls wanted him to do that, that he felt hurt his body. But he's still a big, strong dude and, and had a couple plays around the rim tonight where, you know, he looked capable. Now, look, you're not going to want Otto Porter defending uh, Stephen Adams, for instance, in all likelihood on, on Thursday when you play a team like the Grizzlies. But, you know, the idea of putting him into the starting lineup, you can all of a sudden, you can go five out essentially you move the ball and move physically players move at a, at a probably higher level than with Looney out there. And that's no shade to Looney. He's just slower. Porter can handle and pass in a way that just like Looney is not that kind of player. He's a big Looney. Looney is a big Porter is a big forward. And, You know, because Looney's a small big without much leaping ability, he doesn't do a lot of damage around the rim anyway. So if you're going to have a big who can't do much around the rim, maybe a more versatile guy who's not really all that much smaller would give you a little more juice in that starting lineup. Because like I said, I don't think this is a team that can afford to just trick off the occasional first half. All these wins are going to matter. Like, Look, the Warriors are playing better than I think most people expected. Honestly, they're playing about exactly how I expected tonight, notwithstanding. I think, that, you know, I would expect them to be better than that. But even though I had higher expectations and even though they're playing well, I don't think and I don't think anyone thinks that this Warrior team is going to be in a position where every single win won't dramatically affect where they end in the playoff race. You know, whether they're fighting between, you know, the second and third spot or the sixth and seventh spot, it's going to be tight. This is a packed Western Conference with a lot of teams that think they're playoff caliber. I mean, there are probably 12 teams, if not 13, that truly and not that unreasonably believe we got a shot to get into that top 10 and and play playoff basketball. Probably most of them think we got a shot to get into that top eight or even that top six. So the Warriors are not going to be able to, like, like the Kevin Durant version, play a season where the first half isn't that important. They got to find a way to get locked in from the start. and I, You know, the idea of putting Otto Porter in that starting lineup is not crazy. I, I, it's kind of appealing to me. 888-957-9570 is the phone number. You call us, you text us, we will get your thoughts on the air. That's my pledge to you. I'm Matt Kolsky. We got another 30 minutes of Warrior Wrap-Up coming your way. And we got Steve Kerr press conference sound to play I have been officially alerted that our problems in the studio are fixed. We are ready to play sound. So that will come your way next. Matt Kolsky with you for Warrior Wrap-Up. You want to jump in, please do so. 888 for calls and texts. We'll be back right after this on 95.7 The Game. Call from Mom. Answer
0: it. Call silenced.
1: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game.
3: Curry back to Andre. Andre, right corner. There's Porter again. Three ball. Right corner pocket for Porter. The Warriors lead by
2: five. Now back to Warriors' wrap up on 95 7 the game. Here's Matt Kolsky.
3: That was it. That must, so they might have been back to back. Otto Porter with two big threes late in the third quarter to. Push the Warriors into the lead, and then up to a five-point lead. And, And, you know, he also had some nice rebounds, had a nice block. Like, the guy just fits well and affects the game positively. Honestly, if anything, one of the issues so far is, I don't know that the Warriors have quite enough minutes for all the guys who are playing well for them. You know, Porter with 17 minutes, Bielitsa with eight tonight. But, you know, you look at 17 for Juan. He was great. 26 for D. Lee. He was excellent. Also hit big threes. 19 for Igadala, who I thought really settled things down when he was in there and, and made some nice plays. Goes three points, three assists, five rebounds, a block. No turnovers. Just a solid bench Andre performance. And, you know, about 32 each for Curry, Wiggins, and and Draymond. Looney for 18. Like, I'm not mad at any of the people who got those minutes. At, you know, you want to bicker about Chioza's five, I guess. But for the most part, the Warriors got a lot of guys who can help. A 925 texter says, well, what was the key to the turnaround? Strength in numbers. Yeah, kind of. Because it was Porter, it was Lee. Those guys had a big effect. Of course, Steph and Draymond are involved, but you know. Another nine two five texter saying, "If Clay comes back near a hundred percent, do you think you'll be able to say we going to be championship?" I I can never be Leandro Barbosa. Sorry, sorry to let you down. Sorry to disappoint. I will never have the flavor of Leandro Barbosa. But I, I believe this team is a championship contender with a 80% or or above version of Clay Thompson. I really do. Nine one six Texter wants to know should we be scared of the chemistry when when Clay and Wiseman come back? I don't think Clay is a chemistry concern at all. I just that he's he fits anywhere what he does is too positive and too easy to fit with. The Wiseman, I don't know if it's chemistry, like I don't want to make it sound like the kid has a bad attitude or is tough in the locker room, but the fit on the court with Wiseman, I think there is some concern with that. I think we'll get to that in a second as we listen to some of what Steve Kerr had to say in his post-game presser. It's some really interesting stuff and I want to start with, and by the way, if you want to jump in with your thoughts on a, on another another Warrior win, you know we can criticize parts of it. End of the day, it's another Warrior win. Our phone number triple eight nine five seven ninety five seventy. You can also text us there, and I'd love to hear your thoughts. But one of the things Steve Kerr talked about is that first half, and how just from a mental perspective, as far as being locked in and focused, they they did not have it
0: mostly. Mostly defense. Um, You know, we weren't clicking offensively either, but the game starts at the defensive end, and uh, five back cuts for layups is a clear sign um, that, you know, we we were not ready mentally. And this is what happens in this league. You know, 82 games, and you you try to get up for every game, and occasionally you have some letdowns. And I thought, okay, see, really played a great first half. Uh, They did everything right. So we found ourselves, you know, with an uphill climb.
3: You know, one of the interesting things was with a, with a tough performance in that first half, with not playing as well as you'd like them to, they, they still put Steph on the bench earlier than ever. I mean, he usually plays the whole first quarter, and he went out with like three and a half minutes left, I want to say, and, and Kerr addressed that as well. Uh I think we're having some sound issues again. Okay, here we go. Talking we about taking Steph, Steph a out West early.
0: Tonight. He's been averaging over 35 minutes per game, and we wanted to try to get him down to 32, 33, so we uh – we knew we were going to take him out mid-first, buy him a few minutes, and hopefully do the same thing in the third. But I didn't feel comfortable doing that. We were still climbing uphill a little bit, so I don't know where he finished. I'm guessing around 33, but we're trying to be cognizant of his uh, his minutes uh, in the early going.
3: Makes sense, I guess. You know, they're good, like they want to preserve Steph. I can I can get down with that. I can get down with that. We'll hear from Steph in a little bit. One of the main themes of Steve Kerr's press conference was a guy who we've already mentioned a few times for the big shots he hit in the fourth quarter. And that's Damian Lee, who obviously had a very good game.
0: I thought Damian was fantastic. Kenny Atkinson just called him Rod Carew for, for you old-time baseball fans. Um, just every game he gets a couple of hits, I mean, he's... Um... He's just so uh, rock solid in every way. Ball moves when he's out there. He makes the right cut. He makes the right pass. And he's a big time shooter. So, and his defense is, is, is really solid. So Damian has been uh, fantastic. He's having a, a great uh, early part of the season. And it's not surprising given that he was fantastic every every day of training camp. Probably our most consistent player throughout. So, great to see he's on this.
3: Yeah, and... Look, he talked about in that post game interview. One of our callers already mentioned this. Phone lines remain open, by the way. Triple eight nine five seven ninety five seventy. But Damian Lee said in his post game interview on TV, this is this is the first off season where he's really had his health. It's the first time that he's been able to work on his game and not his body in the off season, and and. You know, Steve Kerr talked about how that allowed him to have the good training camp.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I just think he's at the point of his career where he's he's ready for a big year. You know, he's got all the knowledge. His body is in you know peak shape. He's feeling good. He's about to have a baby. You know, a lot of good things going on in Damian's life. And, and he's a hell of a basketball player and a great teammate. So it's all teed up for him, and, and he's making the most of it.
3: Now, as far as the game itself, uh, what does i've been asking you guys the callers the texters what what were the things that were most key to the second half turnaround that is obviously something that reporters asked steve kerr after the game and here's what he had to say
0: yeah i think uh, we finally strung together some stops they were tough all night they were making shots we expected them to make shots they um you know they struggled from the the field all three of their uh first games and um so the ball's going to go in. These guys are NBA players, and you know, Gilgis Alexander is an all-star caliber player. And so we, we knew the ball was going to go in at some point, and it went in right away for them, and we couldn't get out of our own way. Uh, five back cuts for layups in the first half. Very poor defensive showing in the first half, but uh, what clicked was getting stops, uh, stringing stops together. Uh, Juan and, and Damian were both uh, huge in that late, late third
3: and Otto, Otto also making those two threes. Defense. You know, he's mentioned it a couple times, and those five <laughs> those five back cuts that the Thunder got in the first half clearly stuck in Steve Kerr's craw. He is not happy about that. And you understand why, because, frankly, the, that was the only way that the Thunder would have been able to beat the Warriors. The, the Thunder have no personnel advantages, no coaching advantage, that they have no advantages in a game against the Warriors unless that advantage is the Warriors not being focused, the Warriors not being locked in enough. So, you know, I, it's understandable that that's something that sticks in Steve Kerr's craw. I think i would now used that phrase too many times. But part of that defensive turnaround, part of things going well in the second half defensively was the continued effort of Andrew Wiggins. And look, he was great on both ends of the floor tonight and Steve Kerr acknowledged that, you know, they needed him.
0: Yeah. Wiggs was great uh, at both ends. You know, he, uh, he did a good job on Shea. Once Shea got going, I thought we had he had some good possessions against him, trying to pressure him. And then he really scored well for us, you know, going to the rim. We needed that aggression. He's our, uh, our best guy in terms of attacking the rim and, and getting into the paint and, you know, he, we needed that tonight.
3: Yeah. And, and the, the defensive aggression was important as well. I mean, three steals and a block. And I, I would have guessed he had had two or three blocks cause he, it has really been a team effort on the interior for this warrior team so far this year. And, you know, not as impressive against OKC and they're not the biggest team in the world, but another night where they win the rebounding battle. And they are they're a smaller team, I would say, even than OKC. I mean, it's close. But it's another night where they win the rebounding battle without having any true bigs. Now, look, they're two closest things to a big. Green and Looney combined for 16, 17 rebounds. So that's part of it is the bigger guys did a good job, but it's it's teamwork again. It's it's gang rebounding overall. It's three from Damian Lee and two from Juan and four from Otto and five from Andre and six from Steph. You know, that's that's the way to get it done with a team that's this small. It's got to be everybody crashing the boards uh, to an extent on both ends, but certainly on the defensive end. It's, Rebounding for the Warriors is going to be a teamwork thing all year. And so far, that has really worked out for them. It's been extremely effective. So, you know, in the end, Steve Kerr sounds pretty okay with this. He sounds like a coach who, you know, didn't love that first-half performance but comes away from it with a 4-0 team and feeling pretty good about the response to what was a bad half. And look, I I think this is something Kalena said during the broadcast. Bad halves are going to happen. You know, the question is for a team like the Warriors that I I think realistically you can see anywhere from one to seven or eight in the Western Conference. You know, where they end up in that large continuum between one and eight could largely be determined by whether they end up winning games like this. You know, if they had made a couple of mistakes down the stretch or, you know, Otto Porter doesn't hit his two big threes or Damian Lee doesn't hit his two big threes, like maybe they don't win this game and that that's that goes down as one that they let slip away. And I'm not sure this team can afford to let too many slip away if they want to end up in good playoff position. Talking about the chemistry situation and would, would guys coming back hurt it, The 203 Texter says, play is a chemistry plus, especially with his knowledge of the system. It's a lot like bringing Andre back, and I, I totally agree with that. He's a chemistry plus from every off-court perspective. He'll, he's also just a, such an easy fit. I mean, really anywhere, but certainly here where he's played his whole career and is intensely comfortable with the system. Another texter, and if you want to jump in, we're we're sticking with Warrior wrap up for another fifteen minutes or so. Triple eight nine five seven ninety five seventy is our phone number. Another texter asking, you know, Warriors have a chance to go ten and zero with this homestand. What do you think? I I think that ten and zero is uh, you know, first of all, it's an eight game homestand. And, and that they will have played 12 games when it's over. So I'm not sure what 10-0 and 0 means exactly in this context. But let's assume you meant 8-0 and 0 on the homestand, 12-0 and 0 overall. I think when you look at the schedule, that seems totally believable. And also, it probably won't happen because that's just extremely rare. It's just extremely rare for teams to sweep long stretches like that. I mean, I don't know how many teams have ever started seasons 12-0. and 0. Someone should look that up. Hey, back in the studio, figure out how many times. I mean, it, you know, it's, it's at least five or seven, but I don't know if it's much more than that historically that have started 12-0. and 0. So I doubt that will happen. But to the Texter's point, look, any game is potentially winnable for this Warriors team. But obviously, you know, when they travel to Brooklyn on November 16th or, you know, to Phoenix on November 30th, those games are going to be a lot tougher to win. (laughs) So when I say all eight games on this homestand are pretty winnable, I mean, you know, the best team that they will face on this homestand is a a three-way tie, I would say, between Charlotte, Atlanta, and Chicago. And that's not so scary. Those teams are, are good. Memphis, also a perfectly good team. But very winnable games. Here's the eight. Memphis, Oklahoma City, Charlotte, New Orleans, Houston, Atlanta, Minnesota, Chicago. You know, Houston, Minnesota, New Orleans, OKC. That's four really bad teams. Chicago, Atlanta, Charlotte, Memphis, those are four pretty good teams. So, I mean, that's about as soft of an eight-game homestand as you can get. Someone on the text line says seven times NBA teams have started 12-0. I have no idea if that's true or not, but let's go with it. It sounds about right. So, yeah, that would be incredibly impressive, and, and it's just rare. So you probably drop one or two, but if you get to the point where you're 10-2, and two, that's really good. And my guess would be that that's still good enough to have you at the top of the standings. If the Warriors finish this homestand, having gone 10-2 and two overall... I I feel confident they'll still be number 1 in the west. And look, the, the longer that the longer that continues, the easier it's easier it's going to be to continue thriving when you do get your other players back. And particularly with Wiseman, cuz like I said to the the texter who asked if Wiseman or Clay would be chemistry concerns, Wiseman there is a concern about the fit. But if you're really thriving, it gives you a more a way to play with. You know, it allows you to say, well, if we if we can't figure it out this year, we're still pretty good. It allows you to say, hey, let's give them 10 minutes tonight and, and really give it the old college try because, uh, you know, we're at the top of the conference. We can afford to play around a little. The better they do in this early part of the season before they get fully healthy, the better situation they are to have a little margin for error. When they're trying to work those guys back in. Before we move off of Warriors, let's hear some of the sound from the players tonight. Steph Curry talking to the media. And, uh, you know, again, not unlike Steve Kerr, talks about what he feels led to the bad first half and, and uh, the the rebounding in the second half.
6: Lack of focus and the details of what's going to help us beat this specific team. They're heavy drivers, they're heavy cutters. Shea's obviously you know, extremely talented offensively, and they did everything well, and we did nothing to stop it. So second half was a different story, and then the energy was still there, and the focus and the execution then
3: uh, controlled you know the game, and we end up winning. Yeah, I mean, focus and execution. That's exactly. What I've been talking about, that's exactly what Steve Kerr talked about. And now, you know, there's Steph saying it. When they're focused, when they execute, they are a pretty formidable team. It looks like when they don't, they can get beat up by the Oklahoma City Thunder. I mean, this is why, part of why, people had such varied views of what the Warriors were going to end up doing. Because, it, it, you know, you could have seen this game going either way, just like you could have seen the Lakers or Clippers games going either way. They feel like they can beat the best, but they can also lose to the worst, and, and it's hard to know where they're going to end up more often than not. So the fact that they have ended up with only wins thus far is incredibly encouraging. And, you know, this is not necessarily about, you know, the bad first half, good second half. It's not necessarily about not understanding intellectually what this game is going to be like. Steph talked about, like, they were expecting an aggressive start from the Thunder.
6: A little bit, obviously. They had a lot of energy coming out in the first half, and made a lot of shots. We knew they were going to be aggressive, you know, the start to their season. And, you know, we, got, we got, gave up, like, five back cuts in the first half and a couple of offense rebounds, lost a couple of shooters. Once we just made them work on all, on, on offense, we got some stops. Turn that into a transition. The ball started moving a little bit more. Guys knocked down some shots, and we kind of settled in and carried that momentum into the fourth. So it's it's weird, like you know that what their record is and where they've been the last you know, year or so. You don't ever let your guard down, but they have NBA players that they played, you know, really well in the first half. We, and we didn't make them earn anything, so that, the score reflected that, and then things flipped in the second half.
3: Yeah. I, you know, it's it's interesting to hear him talk about that. We we know they're coming in the way they started their season, we know they're coming in aggressive, but we just weren't able to answer that in the first half for whatever reason. Triple eight nine five seven ninety five seventy if you want to weigh in on the Warriors. We got Filmo Mike. What's up, Mike?
4: Hey, what's up, Matt? Um uh, I, I wanted to uh say basically, good win. Uh, this team is a weird team. It's a mature team, and a lot of the NBA. I feel like like the Lakers. They like the Lakers don't have chemistry. I don't feel like the, you said it earlier. I don't think the words got chemistry. Or you said something about Wiseman coming back, like not trying to mess with the chemistry. I don't think that is chemistry that they have. I think you know they got a cool you know camaraderie. I think it's that they just got people that know how to play basketball more than they did last year. For example, like or or the style that they want to play. Like sometimes you can play pickup ball and it's really not about the chemistry. You might have one person that just know when I go this way, somebody gonna back cut. And they got, they have a lot of like especially last game, they had a couple passes where it looked like whoever was cutting, they were they they were finna stay in the corners and at the last second they just cut and then it just ended up a, it ended up into a beautiful play. So I think they got a lot of players that just know how
3: to Yeah, when you're talking about that, Mike, it's about, you know, I mean, part of that is chemistry, right? I mean, it's a natural chemistry. They may not have have reached the, the peak level of behind the scenes, like really knowing each other and understanding each other. But in terms of on the court, it's natural fit is what it is. That's what you're really talking about. It's guys who, when you say guys who know how to play basketball, it's a specific kind of basketball. It's this specific kind of read and cut and react and pass and move the ball that that is some guys really naturally thrive in those systems and this year the warriors have more of those guys on the bench and in their you know their secondary players more of the guys who fit into that kind of system it it, it has totally changed the vibe like the Warriors were not a bad team in the early going last year, but the vibe was not great, and I think part of it is because they always felt like, you know, a, a collection of mismatched puzzle pieces that kind of look like they should fit together, but don't. They just don't. You can't quite piece the puzzle together. You know, this year, that's that's the opposite. It just it looks like a one of those gigantic toddler jigsaw puzzles that like you, it takes no you don't have to figure anything out the pieces just kind of slide right into each other and one of those pieces is Damian Lee who who has just had an excellent year and you know part of that is a mindset that he has figured out and developed and and he really understands his role on this team and he talked about just his approach that allows him to do that
4: Myself on being ready, man.
0: It's just a matter of being in the right mindset, I'm in a great mindset right now. Great teammates, everyone's empowering. Just going out there and being aggressive, trying to make plays, obviously, to contribute to wins. It's just a matter of staying aggressive and and, and staying confident.
3: And like like Phil Mo Mike is saying, that's that's what so many guys on this team this year seem to be. Just staying ready, playing within the flow of the system and doing do your job, doing the things they're supposed to do, and that was really the story of the second half tonight. You know, big moments from key reserves, appropriate energy and focus from the entire squad, and that's how you come back from your worst half of the season and end up with a 4-0 record. So I I think you got to feel really good about where the Warriors are at after four games, and an eight-game homestand gives them, I think, a chance to be in just as good position after 12. So... I don't know about twelve and zero, but I'm looking at ten and two as the target. You know, based on the way they're playing and the teams that are coming in, and you know, a long home stand—the longest ever for the Warriors. I'm expecting big things. A ten and two is the target for me, and we'll we'll be talking about it and covering it the whole way through. That's it for Warrior wrap up tonight, though. So as we transition to Kolsky and company, we're going to get into a team that is not th- thriving right now. A team that is not firing on all cylinders. There is something wrong with the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, Something rotten is afoot in Santa Clara. And a weird report today that I don't know if I totally buy, but if we do buy it, it certainly has some interesting implications regarding this Niner team. Uh, What happened between the Patriots and Niners on draft day? We'll talk about that and 49er football coming up next. 888-957-9570 is the phone number if you want to jump in. This has been Warrior Wrap-Up. Kolsky & Company is next hour right here on 95.7 The Game.
2: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive.